Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to find freedom from the shame and pressure of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode with Lynn Wilder and Joel Grote as they and their guests share personal stories and wisdom from the Bible that just might surprise you. We invite you to experience a grace that heals. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder, and we're thrilled. This is part two with Sandra Tanner. Sandra and Gerald Tanner started the Utah Lighthouse Ministry a long time ago, and she's going to tell us how things got started. Sandra is the great-great-granddaughter of Brigham Young, the second prophet of the Mormon Church, and she remembers even her great-grandmother, who was one of Brigham's wives, right? Brigham his junior. Junior's wife. And he had several, you said, and 30-some children, perhaps. Okay, well, you were about to tell us about grandma wanting you to take her to a meeting across town. Yes. And uh, so grandma made me feel guilty that uh, I wasn't willing to take her across town. Uh, So I finally gave in. I said, okay, I'll go to the meeting, even though I didn't know what it was going to be. And I thought she was trying to hide something from me. uh, I drove her across town. So I walk up to this door of this uh, middle-class, lower middle-class brick home on the west side of Salt Lake. And for context, we need to let our audience know how old you are, um, Uh, because if they missed the first part one, so you're what? You're 18. So you're 18. um, Uh, Right. Going to to the uh, little junior college in San Fernando Valley and, going to Mormon Institute. Right, but your grandmother visited from Salt Lake, visited you in California, and she wanted you to go back with her to Salt Lake. Right. So that's why you're back in Salt Lake with grandma. You're her transportation. Okay, so now we can- And you're LDS and she's LDS. Those are important things to know up front. She was uh, uh, somewhat of a liberal Mormon. I didn't know how liberal, but liberal. And uh, I was going to all my meetings at the Mormon church. They opened the door. I was there for everything. Mm-hmm. So my grandma asked me to take her to some meeting that she didn't specify what it was going to be about, except I was leery of it because she wouldn't describe it to me. <laughs> Anyways, so we get to this house on the west side and uh, I walk up to the door and knock and this tall, good looking, nice young man, 20 year old fellow answers the door. (laughs) And I thought, oh, well, this meeting won't be so bad. (laughs) I would have described my mic like that a few years ago. Go ahead. (laughs) And uh, so I thought, well, things are looking up, you know, Uh, whatever it's about. (laughs) So uh, Gerald's dad was working that night. Gerald's mother uh, had taken his two younger sisters away from home that night. He had an older sister that was married in the temple and good Mormon, but she didn't live in town. And Daryl's father had become uh, a meteorologist at the airport, but he had uh, also become an atheist. So he was opposing religion in the home. 
But mm -hmm. Gerald's mother is trying to uh, raise her kids as good Mormons. Um, so when Gerald's going to have this meeting to talk about why he was giving up the Mormon church and why he was going to just believe the Book of Mormon and uh, everyone needed to find out that uh, all the history of Mormonism had been changed and it wasn't following either the Bible or the Book of Mormon. And so that's the gist of what kind of meeting he's having. Wow. He had about okay. 12 or 15 people there. Um, well, so what he's talking about, and he had a tape from a lady that had left the reorganized church. So we get through with all this. Well, it wasn't a surprise to me in that my mom had said a bunch of this same kind of stuff that Gerald had brought up. So it wasn't a shock okay. or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I just hadn't paid attention to my mom when she brought up all these kinds of things, you know. But of course, a, a cute young single guy would be more credible than my <laughs> mother would be. So. <laughs> always, always. Parents yeah. never have a chance. <laughs> Every parent with children, uh, teenagers, knows this feeling. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the, this cute guy's got all these things to say. Well, after the meeting, uh, I wasn't really spiritually seeking, not from Gerald or anything. I just thought he was real cute. So after the meeting, I went up to him and said, oh, that's all real interesting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, why don't you come over to my grandmother's house and tell me more? Oh. <laughs> so, so Gerald was so excited that somebody finally was listening to him. And he came over to my grandma's later and he has all these books and photocopies to show me all these problem quotes and things in early Mormonism. And when he came in with all that material, I thought, oh my word, we're really gonna study religion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is not a get to know you meeting. <laughs> uh, so when he's there, uh, I told him, you know, that. Uh, I was a great-great-granddaughter, Brigham Young. And he says, oh, really? <laughs> Said the spider to the fly. <laughs> uh, have you read any of Brigham Young's sermons? Okay, I'm 18. No, I haven't read any of Brigham <laughs> yeah. Young's sermons. And he says, well, would you read a few of them if I brought you over copies of his most famous sermons? You ought to at least be aware of what those are. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, okay, there's not too many of them. And uh, so I said, okay. And um, well, we get meeting and start talking together about these different things. And now I was kind of curious because they were all stuff my mom had said. And Gerald's not just talking to me about it. He's got photocopies, he's got books where when he's telling me something, he's showing me the actual documents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so one of the things he brought up is he's this. Uh, did you know that Joseph Smith changed a lot of his revelations? Now, I'm not talking about the Book of Mormon. I know there's changes there. But what Gerald brought up to me was changes in the Doctrine and Covenants. They're a second book of scripture. Yeah. So they have the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, and the Bible. But the Bible is the least reliable to them of their four books of scripture. Um, the Book of Mormon is used as a proselyting tool, but that's not where they really draw their major doctrines from uh it would sound more like the bible than it would sound like the doctrine and covenants yes. and so gerald was telling me some of these problems changes in the doctrine and covenants the difference of the doctrines between the book of mormon and doctrine and covenants mm -hmm. how the book of mormon sounded more like the bible 
than the Doctrine and Covenants and um, problems in the Pearl of Great Price. So he's telling me all these different problem areas of Mormonism. Um, I decided I wanted to check some of this out. So I went down to a bookstore in Salt Lake and bought uh, the what they call the triple combination where the three Mormon scriptures are bound together. Yes. And um, so I started looking up the different pages that Joe, Gerald had told me were problem areas. And he had shown me a pamphlet by David Whitmer, one of the witnesses to the Book of Mormon, um, who had left Mormonism, who still believed the Book of Mormon, but felt Joseph, Gerald, I get my names, they just shouldn't both start with J. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Uh, where Joseph Smith had changed the revelations. And this was something that bothered David Whitmer, that he said why he left Mormonism uh, eight years after it started was he saw Joseph Smith changing all the doctrines mm. and taking the church in a different direction. And yet supposedly they came from Jesus. So what? Jesus was confused. He couldn't get it straight. What? What? Yeah. Yes, right. Uh, so Gerald pointed these different things out to me. I at the bookstore, when I bought these different uh, copies of their scriptures, then I had stuff at my grandma's. I stayed at my grandma's then. I dropped out of college and just stayed at my grandma's oh. to talk with Gerald. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my family didn't know quite what to make of that, but uh, <laughs> him being an apostate. <laughs> so uh -huh. we studied together and uh, we did a lot of Mormon truth claim examinations, but we also talked about what the Bible taught. And one of the problems for a Mormon is the doctrine of God. Uh, one of the things that helped me on trying to figure all that out was oddly the Book of Mormon, because we still thought the Book of Mormon was true, just not the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Well, Gerald's yeah. showing me in the Book of Mormon that it says there's only one God and he's eternally been God. And that's yes. what the Bible teaches. So Gerald's mm -hmm. taking me back from the Book of Mormon to the Bible to reinforce the, the Bible says these things, and we know they're true because they're also in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> and if it's not the same, they aren't, if they aren't the same, uh, then there's uh, the problem is really with the Mormon teaching, and we have to jettison that. Mm -hmm. So he's taking me through the, these other two books, the Bible and the Book of Mormon, to show me uh, salvation by grace, uh, heaven and hell no work for the dead, no temple work. There's no eternal marriage in the Book of Mormon or the Bible. Right. And he's taking me through all these doctrinal comparisons. So in a sense, it made it easier for me to give up the Mormon beliefs because if the Book of Mormon really came from God and it says in the front of it that the angel told Joseph that it contained the fullness of the everlasting gospel mm -hmm. that the Book yes, of Mormon so. did. Right. Mm -hmm. And he says, okay, if it has the fullness, then... Doctrines that aren't in the Book of Mormon can't be true. So we threw out the Doctrine and Covenants because it had doctrines that weren't in the Book of Mormon. And yeah. then we started studying the Bible. We could see those doctrines were in the Bible. Uh, so it became very confusing. Anyways, we ended up walking away from regular Mormonism. We had a whirlwind uh, romance studying Mormon history and doctrine. Mm. He took me out for spaghetti dinner one time. Other than that, our courtship was <laughs> getting together to talk Mormonism in the Bible. <laughs> so, <laughs> look uh, where it led. <laughs> yes, well, there we are. So uh, we got married in June and uh, in California and had a Protestant minister marry us. 
the funny thing on that was that we knew we didn't want the Mormon bishop to marry us. We weren't going to get married in the temple. But we didn't realize that not all pastors were the same, that some really weren't really Christians. Yes. <laughs> and so I found out later this pastor that married us didn't even believe in the resurrection. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I could have had the bishop marry us for that matter. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you believe. <laughs> not, he was a nice guy. But he just wasn't the Christian that we thought he really was. My mom started going to his Bible study class. And then the whole point of the meetings were uh, what was wrong with Paul and uh, how Paul (laughs) changed all the Christian doctrine. You know, so it wasn't the best place for her to end up. Um, So we start telling our friends and family that we didn't believe Mormonism anymore. We're going to be Christians. Now, I'm not a Christian yet at this point. I'm just a, a seeker, I guess you'd say. Uh, yeah. Gerald had accepted the Lord while he still believed the Book of Mormon. Mm, okay. uh, and that's a complicated story. But anyways, uh, I was of the same opinion that I could believe the Book of Mormon and the Bible, but I had not come to faith in Christ. So uh, we got married in June. Over the next uh, few months, we started visiting around different Christian churches. We met a few Christian friends. And that started opening my eyes to more of an understanding of what Christianity was about. Um, It's hard for a Mormon to understand what Christians are talking about because Mm -hmm. they've redefined all the Christian words so that when they talk about salvation, they aren't meaning the same thing as Christians are meaning by it. Salvation Mm -hmm. to a Christian is the same as getting eternal life. But in Mormonism, salvation is just getting you through the door to the lowest level of heaven. Uh, Jesus made it possible for you to go to heaven, but he didn't make it possible for you to, well, I shouldn't say he didn't make it possible. His atonement only covered getting you into heaven. For you to have eternal life, you have to stay a good Mormon, pay tithing, go to the temple and all these things all your life, die faithful, and then you get eternal life which to them means you go to the highest of three levels of heaven and you can go to exaltation, which means you can become eventually a God and goddess to have your own world, to have your own spirit babies, to populate your world, to become your humans. And every God has done this. There's multiple gods. I didn't even realize as a Mormon how extensive this belief was on eternal marriage that that it went beyond just your mom and dad being sealed in the temple. And I was sealed to them. I was born under the covenant because my folks were married in the temple. But uh, I didn't understand that the game was that the mom and dad resurrected to start having spirit babies in heaven to populate their world. And that this was an eternal, when they say eternal progression, they mean that everyone progresses forever um, and all these children and all. But going to the, visiting these different churches, helped me to understand better the differences in the wording so that um, like immortality and eternal life are different. So yes. mm-hmm. they would believe the non-Mormons have immortality, but that is not eternal life. So you could live forever, but that doesn't tell you anything about what kingdom you would be in. Right. So there were a lot of things to figure out uh, in the, I finally accepted the Lord in October of the same year. So we're about, what, four months or so as married couple. And so what, 
what was it that changed or what was it that you finally understood that brought you to that point where you went, oh, I need to accept the Lord. I need to make this step because I mean, all this time you've been a good Mormon, you've been a moral person. Um, you've loved God to the best of your knowledge. So what did God do in your heart to bring you to that point where you went, oh no, I really need to take another step in my relationship with God, which is accepting Christ. Um, okay. Well, we had visited around a few different churches and, um, went to a couple of different Bible studies, uh, trying to learn more about Christianity. And then we decided to go to a, um, uh, to Jack MacArthur's church. Now, Jack MacArthur was the father of, uh, of John MacArthur. MacArthur? MacArthur's father. Okay. Okay. And, uh, he had a church, I think it was in Pasadena, but anyways, he had this big church and we decided to, uh, go there a few different times. Uh, so that was getting me uh, more to the, I was understanding more that uh, what happens when you go forward in those meetings and you go in the side room and don't come out. You know? yeah. I, I was starting to figure this out. Oh, they're going forward to be counseled on becoming a Christian. Okay, so going to these meetings at MacArthur's church, he would always give an invitation at the end of them. And I thought there's no way I'm going down front into that door uh that that's uh kind of embarrassing kind of personal uh and i don't know what these guys are going to talk about when you get in there and so i mean i diligently refused to go forward at several meetings where i was being uh felt guilty that i should be going up there (laughs) Mm -hmm. you were seeing your spiritual needs so you were under conviction (laughs) i was under conviction and didn't know it uh so then as it turned out, I was home alone one Saturday, Gerald was working and I turned on uh, Christian radio and they had a man preaching from first John chapter four. Now, not the first mm-hmm. half of the chapter, but the second half of the chapter here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son as a propitiation for our sins. Mm-hmm. And as he explained that, that part of the chapter, uh, it really grabbed me. Uh, we, and then it says in the same chapter, we love him because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this section just so impacted me because as a Mormon, where you're God's literal child, that's why Mormons always pray heavenly father, because they think of God as truly physically, literal physically spiritually, literally their father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so the, if you're his child, of course he loves you. You know, I mean, it's eternal <laughs> families. We all love each other. So as this man was explaining this section, here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. This was just, uh, it hit me in a very profound way that I came to appreciate Christ's love and sacrifice in a way I'd never seen or understood it as a Mormon. Mm. and I so I accepted Christ at that point listening to this man's sermon uh I don't know how well I could have even explained it to anyone at the time but it was a very profound experience people will say to me well I know Mormons that say they had those kind of experiences well I can't judge their experiences I don't know what they heard or what their heart is you know I could tell right. you that my experience at 
listening to that radio was not like anything I'd experienced as a Mormon or that anyone I knew as a Mormon ever expressed it to me. Mm. Uh, and I was so convicted of my rebellion against God that uh, it made Christ important in a way I never heard in Mormonism. It made the atonement more important than I had understood before that uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That was a very hard thing to hear. And a, because I'd been very religious. Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> no, I'm religious. I love Jesus. But it was seeing my sin and my fallenness, my separation from God that made those verses jump off the page of me. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. I'm not the center of the story. <laughs> the center of the story <laughs> yeah. is Jesus. And I come to him to forgiveness. It isn't that, oh, here I am. And Jesus comes and does something for me. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it was seeing it as me being given something instead of taking for granted the atonement uh, mm. and serving God and getting something good from it. Uh, so um, I probably cried for almost an hour after the program. It, it just, it moved me that completely. Wow. So from there, but we, we still believe the Book of Mormon. We weren't all the way out of Mormonism. Mm. People yep. need to realize when you're dealing with people coming out of these aberrant Christian religious kind of groups, uh, Jehovah's Witness and people uh, uh, that are outside the typical Bible believing position, it takes time to put the pieces together and understand that. Yeah. And yet you were, yeah. you were no less a child of God. You were no less a redeemed sinner now made a saint because of your faith in Christ, even though you still hadn't let go of the Book of Mormon, that couldn't keep God from saving you. Right. And, and, and once you're saved, there's this whole sanctification process, which is pretty much a daily, all day, every day thing. So after we had been uh, married and uh, had our reception, my family had been telling me before this that, that I had this cousin Mildred that I shouldn't talk to her about religion because Mary, Mildred was just all crazy. And uh, then Mildred came to the reception and we got talking afterwards and she says, Oh, I hear you guys left Mormonism. And I said, yeah, we, we just did. And she says, well, praise the Lord. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Mildred had gone to a Billy Graham crusade up in San Jose wow. uh, a couple of years beforehand and had accepted Christ. Well, now I knew why Mildred was crazy. <laughs> because Mildred <laughs> loved Jesus. <laughs> because she'd become a Christian and loved oh. Mormonism. <laughs> and um, so that was the first time that I knew of anyone in my family coming to faith in Christ outside mm -hmm. of Mormonism was Mildred. And God continued to work through the family. We saw many of them later come to Christ. Cool. Well, one question I had, and we'll, I think we'll end here, and then we'll pick up on you and Gerald's story next time we interview. But so after this experience where, you know, you cry for an hour because you've come to faith in Christ in your living room, hearing the radio, when Gerald comes back home and you tell him, what's his response? Um, oh, yes. Gerald, I, yeah, he came, Gerald came home from work and I says, Gerald, guess what? I accepted the Lord. And he just, instead of saying, praise God, like my cousin, 
he just looks at me skeptical and he says, oh, really? We'll see, you know? And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, because he didn't realize how much the Lord had been working on my heart because uh... I've been resisting Christianity these months. And so as a couple of weeks went by, Gerald came to me one day and he says, I think you really did. And I said, what? Oh. I think you really did accept the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> So he wasn't, he wasn't sure you'd he actually had sure that. Yeah. that I'd, I'd really figured it out. And, but there um, was evidence of a changed life. But, but yes, he could see after that, a change in my softness of, um, uh, more forgiving of people, uh, you know, kinder, gentler, uh, Sandra. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so he says, okay, I, I see that you really did come to Christ. I can see the difference. Mm. Oh, that is so cool. So then now where we have to go with the next episode is how do you and Gerald go from kind of this personal research stuff to now starting to open this up and developing a whole ministry? I, yeah. So that that's what I think we're going to want to hear as well as just how you yeah. continue to grow. So... Well, and after that, of course, then the whole progress of this ministry, yeah. people yeah. she's seen struggle, what they struggle with, yeah. folks who choose Christ, um, yeah. what her rich life has been like, and, and giving people hope, right, that they can yes. go on after Mormonism. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so I better end, huh? <laughs> yes. So my dear friends, grace and peace. Sandra, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. We're doing a whole series with Sandra. Until next time. So long. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We would love to hear how the podcast has helped you. We are so grateful for you, our listeners, and the donations that keep us on the air. To say thank you, we are offering a free gift with a donation of any amount. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free gift button to get yours. Thanks for joining us on the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.